0: Here it is!
1: From deep inside your audio device of choice. And first, News of Nice Corp. Nice people doing nice things. You know who owes Rupert Murdoch a lot of money? Elizabeth Holmes. Remember her? The Theranos Theranos founder fraudster. She owes Rupert Murdoch $125 million. Hollywood reporter says he may not have much luck getting much of his money back. A federal judge ordered Holmes this week to pay $452 million to investors she duped to build her hoax blood-testing business called Theranos. Among the investors she built was Rupert Yes, it's it's a duperoop. He was one of Theranos, Theranos, Theranos' largest investors. But Holmes says she's essentially essentially broke. Not really broke, but essentially broke. Murdoch bought roughly 7.3 million shares of Theranos. As I say, it was a fake blood testing um, company. 17 bucks a share. According to court filings, the uh, judge in the case found that investors' losses are tied to Holmes's fraud. Quote, for each of these investors, the courts identified specific, reliable evidence indicating they were induced to invest in Theranos by defendants' misrepresentations as part of the fraud conspiracy. So wrote the judge. The representations were that the the thing actually did what she claimed it did, which was identify all sorts of problems with the blood being tested. Natalie Ravitz, who was chief of staff to Rupert in 2014 and 2015 and manager of his personal investments, testified to the Securities and Exchange Commission that Holmes personally provided binders containing financial materials about her company, to Rupert. She also stated that knowledge that blood tests were not actually being performed on Theranos' proprietary devices, quote, would have changed how we thought about certainly the financial aspects of it if there wasn't an actual piece of technology that they developed, unquote. Miss Rabbits. Murdoch told the Wall Street Journal, which he owns, back in November that he should have vetted the company better. Quote, "...of course it was fraud, but I only have myself to blame for not asking a lot more questions. One of a bunch of old men taken in by a seemingly great young woman. Total embarrassment." Unquote. Holmes has to start making restitution payments after her release. As I say, she's sentenced to 11 years in the pokey. So, um, Ruber may not be planning on seeing any of that money. If she chooses, a percentage of her wages in prison will be applied to her debt. So there's that. But the Department of Justice says, quote, realistically, the chance of full recovery is very low, unquote. The restitution order will act as a lien against any property owned by Holmes. It's enforceable for 20 years plus the uh, incarceration period, which is 11 years. that's a, There's your total of 31 years right there. She was convicted was uh, Holmes on four counts of fraud and conspiracy. An appeals court this week rejected her bid to remain free while she's appealing her conviction. So she's going to have to surrender her, herself soon. That starts the clock. Rupert wasn't the only high-profile person to invest in Theranos. The uh, co-founder of the Silicon Valley company Oracle, Larry Ellison, former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, and uh, some venture capitalists sank millions of dollars into the company. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of starting a GoFundMe for Rupert victim of a -a dooperoop try and talk me out of it won't you hello welcome to the show very edition of the show and now ladies and gentlemen news of the warm won't you right here right now
0: Soft, listen to the warm. We can listen to the warm.
1: and it's good news of the warm. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. Or just take the bank. Researchers have found that emissions of the powerful greenhouse gas, methane, or methane, if you're British, dropped for several years right near L.A., of all places. L.A., go for the sun, stay for the lack of methane. Two recent studies by researchers at NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab in uh, Pasadena. I remember Pasadena. They used contrasting approaches to measure drops in human-caused emotion emissions <laughs> of methane. It's a potent greenhouse gas. And uh, these are drops in methane in recent years in the Los Angeles Metropolitan Area. In the first study published A couple months ago, in environmental research letters, scientists analyzed data from ground-based sensors scattered around four counties in densely populated SoCal, L.A., Orange, San Bernardino, and Riverside counties, that is. They found emissions fell by about 7% between 2015 and 2020. That's a reduction of 33 million pounds of methane not released per year. The second study published in March in Environmental Research Communications compared emissions from a belt of oil refineries across the South Bay Area of L.A. during the first summer of the COVID pandemic to um, emissions observed three years earlier. Using NASA data, researchers saw that most of the facilities they identified as methane sources in the early study were no longer emitting the greenhouse gas, leading to a 73% reduction in measured emissions. While uh, such a reduction around COVID disruptions was not necessarily surprising, everything stopped, didn't it? The result was important for demonstrating scientists' ability to track point sources of methane. Methane, as you may know, has a much shorter life in the atmosphere than does carbon dioxide. 12 years for methane compared to centuries for CO2, but it absorbs much more energy while it exists in the atmosphere, therefore reducing human-caused emissions of methane is a particularly effective way to make significant short-term impacts on global climate change. It's according to JPL Environmental Research letters. These papers demonstrate that methane reductions are not only possible, they're measurable through persistent monitoring as a lead author of the COVID period study and a JPL research technologist. The two studies could use different techniques to identify and quantify emissions trends is crucial for generating confidence in the conclusions drawn from observations of methane. That's according to a lead author of the first paper. Quote, "'The important thing is to determine whether emissions are increasing or declining, and for that it's very helpful to have more than one approach.'" If you're turning the information over to decision makers, he says, you have to be sure. No mention of Westinghouse. News of the Warm, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, some news of the crypto winter that we're going through. I know it feels like spring, but it's crypto winter. To Sarah. That's a protocol that enables collective ownership and governance of non-fungible tokens, your NFTs. It's winding down its operations over the next few weeks. That's according to co-founder Andy Chorlian, as reported in Coindesk, which covers crypto and its associated wintriness. After a lot of deliberation, we have made the incredibly hard decision to wind down all of our operations at Tessera over the next few weeks. Andy Chorlian tweeted, "He co-founded the company alongside Nedzhk. Yes, N E J C Krasnik In 2021, he said the decision was made after carefully analyzing possible market scenarios, our company structure." and our financial situation, unquote. I bet financial situation came in first in your uh, analysis structure. Curated digital fine art math, uh, marketplace Escher, one of the projects in the Tessera portfolio, also going to be shutting down, according to Chorlian. Quote, as we really dug into the economic model for Escher, we saw that the targets we needed to hit a uh, uh, profitability compared to the time and resource costs to scale there just didn't add up or make good business sense, he wrote. Other Tessera projects include Nounlets, a fractional ownership platform for Nouns NFTs, and a podcast hosted by Chorlian and an NFT influencer called We Do a Little. The news of Tessera's shutdown comes just after a year after it It rebranded from its original name Fractional and announced a $20 million funding round led by crypto investment Giant Paradigm. Other investors in that round of funding included Focus Labs, Uniswap Labs Ventures, eGirl Capital, and Yunt Capital. I said Yunt. Fractionalizing NFTs involves creating fungible tokens tied to an underlying digital asset. You're bored ape. or CryptoPunk, the NFT is locked away in a vault, and fractional tokens can be traded on secondary marketplaces. It all sounds so legit, doesn't it? As the NFT market continues to struggle through an extended crypto winter, according to Coindesk, marketplaces have embraced ways to allow users to invest in digital collectibles with smaller upfront costs, hence fractional Earlier this month, popular NFT marketplace Blur launched a peer-to-peer lending network called Blend, which allows traders to put up a percentage of the NFT's price up front and finance the remaining balance. NFTX, another fractionalizing platform, allows traders to pool NFTs of equal value into index funds and mint fungible tokens tied to underlying NFTs. This creates increased liquidity liquidity supposedly last month the US Department of Justice revealed that Chorley along with four other individuals had been charged for allegedly participating in a securities manipulation scheme and may have had something to do with their decision to shut the thing down and Mecca Fight Club an NFT game from Irreverent Labs is halting development indefinitely Its makers believe that crypto's future in the United States is too uncertain right now amid regulatory challenges. This is reported by Decrypt, not The Crypt, Decrypt. Quote, we don't see a clear path forward to launch the economy from the U.S., said the Reverend Lab CEO and co-founder Rahul Sood. Moving it to other jurisdictions would require much of the senior team to move out of the USA for a period of time, he said. Mecca Fight Club, MFT, was a planned cockfighting video game. I said, cockfighting video game that leveraged artificial intelligence and would see mechanical roosters battle it out in the cocktagon. Sued told Decrypt the shutdown was Irreverent's own decision, but it will not sell the MFC brand Mecca Fight Club, Mecca, M-E-C-H-A, because it is, quote, too close to the soul of our company, unquote. He added the game had reached alpha status, which typically means it's playable and feature complete, but may still be missing considerable content and polish from the planned cockfighting video game. sued said that Mecca Fight Club may resurface in the future in a different form. The team hasn't decided that yet. Irreverent Labs claimed in an open letter that the game was, quote, trapped in regulatory limbo, unquote. In recent months, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has ramped up its enforcement actions against crypto startups and platforms here in the United States, alleging broad violations of securities laws. Quote, the regulatory and operations environment around blockchain within the U.S. has drastically changed in the last two years, said Irreverent Labs in its letter. Quote, we're an American company and a lack of clarity is making it difficult for blockchain companies to operate here. They said in the current regulatory confusion, we simply couldn't create an in-game economy without concern about the regulatory ramifications, unquote. On uh, irreverence podcast this week, just days before the news of the shutdown, Sued said he believes that the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission, Gary Gensler, owes his job to Elizabeth Warren, and he said that Gensler and Warren want to kill crypto because they think it's all a scam, unquote. Imagine that. Now that MFC is shutting down, Sud is pivoting Irreverent Labs towards artificial intelligence instead. Because that's the uh, hot thing this year. Sood told Decrypt in a direct message, a reverend has made a significant breakthrough in its AI model, which he said can create short-form videos from images. Maybe videos of cockfights? The studio plans to release it later this year under new branding. Hope for MFC. That was... Mecca Fight Club, or Mecha, maybe it's pronounced Spanishly. Uh, Hope for it was short-lived but fervent. Just one year ago, the firm announced a hefty $40 million funding round led by venture capitalists Andreessen Horowitz with uh, some contributions from CAA founder Michael Ovitz. Remember him? Bollywood actress Sonam Kapoor and uh, others investing. The uh, general partner of Andreessen Horowitz, the uh, venture capital firm, wrote last year that at first she thought the game, quote, sounded weird, unquote, but then invested because she believed the team was serious and capable and had a good sense of humor along with a thriving Discord server community. And that's really what you need to get a um, digital cockfight game off the ground. It's a crypto winter, everybody. Bundle up. And now, News of the Godly. An investigation by the Spanish newspaper El Pais has revealed that the Spanish Jesuit priest Alfonso Pedrajas Moreno, who died in 2009, well, before he died... He sexually abused as many as 85 boys and adolescents in the 70s and 80s and recorded the incidents in a secret diary as, quote, blunders, and that the Jesuits covered it up. This, according to the Catholic news agency, they should know. A nephew of Pedrajas found the diary and contracted the Society of Jesus in Bolivia to file a complaint, then went to the Spanish prosecutor's office, which dismissed the case for having passed the statute of limitations. According to El Pais, the journalistic investigation also compiled testimonies from alleged victims and relatives. According to a report by the newspaper, the priest disclosed the alleged abuses to at least seven provincial superiors and some ten Bolivian and Spanish clergy members. The Bolivian attorney general's office announced this week it will investigate the incidents, linked to the Spanish Jesuit. The attorney general announced on social media the background information will be requested so that this very serious occurrence can be investigated in Bolivia, unquote. The Jesuits in Bolivia have assured their willingness to cooperate and collaborate with the authorities in the investigations. Quote, the abuses have caused a deep wound in the victims and the complaints cannot be ignored even though the priest involved in the incidents has died, unquote, the Jesuits. They began an investigation to determine if several of the Jesuit members who served as superiors at the time of abuse had, in fact, covered it up. They were removed from their positions. In addition, the order will also suspend other Jesuits who served as provincials in the years following the death of Pedrajas. They will investigate whether there were public complaints not addressed at that time. The Society of Jesus expressed its repudiation of the acts committed by the priest and reiterated its policy of zero tolerance for the abuse. The the Order, the Jesuits, also announced a commission of experts working since 2022 will investigate the cases, quote, which can create hope for justice for the victims whose situation has shamed us and caused indignation and sadness, unquote. The Jesuits also asked forgiveness for the pain caused. News of the Godly, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, copyrighted. Now,
2: I just want to say one word to you. Just
1: one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Microplastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. I've said. I think he will think about it. Removing trash from the ocean may not be as harmless as it seems. That's a conclusion of new research, according to Science Magazine. It finds that marine dumps known as garbage patches are home to countless delicate creatures that could perish when people scoop debris from the sea. The oceans are home to five major garbage patches. They form far from land where strong currents swirl together, ferrying trash of all sizes. Some of it turns into tiny debris, which we call microplastics. The largest of these debris fields, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, 620,000 square miles midway between Hawaii and California. It escaped notice for so long because most of its contents aren't easily spotted from afar to see whether it was harboring a cluster of floating creatures in addition to floating waste. A crew sailed through the patch for 80 days collecting samples from Hawaii to the coast of San Francisco. These mysterious regions are largely unexplored, says a biologist at Georgetown working on the thing. These samples revealed a high concentration of three species that hover at the ocean's surface, blue button jellies They're kind of like jellyfish, 1.2 inches wide. By-the-wind sailors, 4-inch-long creatures with translucent translucent natural sails that help them drift in the wind, I know the feeling, and violet snails which float using bubbles and live in golf ball-sized shells. The jellies and by-the-wind sailors feed on plankton and serve as food for the violet snails. So it's kind of like a system. Scientists match the locations of these creatures with high concentrations of plastic debris that hints that ocean currents shepherd all these floating objects, life and trash in the same way. This is reported in PLOS Biology. The presence of these creatures implies a complex ecosystem in which they serve as food for predators like sea turtles and sea breeds. These animals don't exist in isolation, says the researcher. They're part of a food web that affects the whole ocean. That could complicate efforts to clean up these patches. Some environmental organizations aim to remove the waste by skimming the surface with nets. That works so well with fishing, which leads to bycatch, creatures like dolphins getting caught accidentally in the nets, While targeting commercial species such as shrimp, such cleanup efforts would likely scoop up surface dwellers along with the debris. Indeed, a modeling study published in Aquatic Biology found such efforts could potentially threaten the survival of species that have flourished for millions of years. Many features found in the patch are delicate because they're used to calm conditions. Human activity could upset the balance, though one researcher says the influx of plastic waste is already doing so. In March, nearly 200 countries agreed to a new high-seas treaty. It will eventually allow the creation of protected areas in international waters. If garbage patches are so designated, the treaty treaty could guard them against even well-intended human impacts. An effort led by the government of Bermuda is advocating for the Atlantic Ocean's Sargasso Sea, which also contains a garbage patch, to be named a marine-protected area. Doing so for other garbage patches could pause cleanup efforts long enough for scientists to better understand potential impacts. Says one of the researchers groups may still decide to proceed with cleanup. Plastic is an invasive species. Sometimes you have to kill invasive species to protect biodiversity. Single-use plastic is the low-hanging fruit that should be the first to go, says the researcher. Sounds tasty, doesn't it? Low-hanging fruit? Mm Mm-mm. Just one word, ladies and gentlemen. Microplastics.
3: When I was young, I lived in a world of dreams Of moods and myths and illusionary schemes Though now I'm much more grown up I fear that I must own up to the fact that I'm in doubt of What the modern cynics shout of They say it's spring This feeling light as a feather They say this thing This magic we share together Came with the weather too They say it's May That's made me daft as a daisy It's May, they say That gave the whole world This crazy, heavenly, hazy hue I'm a lark on the wing I'm the spark of a firefly's fling Yet to me, this must be Something more than a seasonal thing Could it be spring Those bells that I can hear ringing, it may be spring. But when the robin stops singing, you're what I'm clinging to. Though they say it's spring, it's you. When a heart's sympathetic It's merely spring Then poets' plights are pathetic Though I'm poetic too They say it's spring For lovers there's where the lure is That evil for which September the curious, This they are sure is true Though I know that it's so That my fancy may turn in the spring With a right one in sight One can find a perpetual thing Did I need spring? To bring the ring that you bought me Though it was spring That wondrous day that you caught me Darling, I thought we knew That it wasn't spring T'was you
1: From New Orleans, this is Le Show. Ladies and gentlemen, um, once or twice on this broadcast, I've shared with you the thoughts of a personal friend who happens to be a uh, prominent scientist in the field of artificial intelligence. He wrote a book uh, with a co-author in 2019 called Rebooting AI, which argued that AI would never live up to to its potential or its hype unless the way it was trained uh, was expanded to include a uh, a much different, much broader variety of inputs. To put it uh, way too short. Um, and for a long time his major critique of AI was that it was being overhyped given what it actually could do. Uh, um, His name is Gary Marcus. And the advent of chatbots, starting, I believe, last November with uh, chat GPT-3 and now uh, advanced to GPT-4, has uh, changed the playing field somewhat. And Gary Marcus, Professor Gary Marcus has a, uh, I think, much, much more dire critique of the field lately. Uh, this week, he was one of three people to testify before a Senate committee, uh, chaired by Senator Richard Blumenthal, a uh, Democrat of Connecticut, on the subject of chatbots. And as I say, uh, Gary Marcus at this point is delivering a, what sounds to me at least, like a much more dire set of possibilities. Here's the opening statement that he delivered this week before a Senate committee.
2: I'm profoundly grateful to be here. I come as a scientist, someone who's founded AI companies, and as someone who genuinely loves AI, but who is increasingly worried. There are benefits, but we don't yet know whether they will outweigh the risks. Fundamentally, these new systems are going to be destabilizing. They can and will create persuasive lies at a scale humanity has never seen before. Outsiders will use them to affect our elections. Insiders to manipulate our markets and our political systems. Democracy itself is threatened. Chatbots will also clandestinely shape our opinions, potentially exceeding what social media can do. Choices about data sets that AI companies use will have enormous unseen influence. Those who choose the data will make the rules, shaping society in subtle but powerful ways. There are other risks too, many stemming from the in, from the inherent unreliability of current systems. A law professor, for example, was accused by a chatbot of uh, sexual harassment, untrue. And it pointed to a Washington Post article that didn't even exist. The more that that happens, the more that anybody can deny anything. As one prominent lawyer told me on Friday, Defendants are starting to claim that plaintiffs are making up legitimate evidence. These sorts of allegations undermine the abilities of juries to decide what or who to believe and contribute to the undermining of democracy. Poor medical advice could have serious consequences too. An open source large language model recently seems to have played a role in a person's decision to take their own life. The large language model asked the human, if you wanted to die, why didn't you do it earlier? And then followed up with, were you thinking of me when you overdosed? without ever referring the patient to the human help that was obviously needed. Another system rushed out and made available to millions of children, told a person posing as a 13-year-old how to lie to her parents about a trip with a 31-year-old man. Further threats continue to emerge regularly. A month after GPT-4 was released, OpenAI released chat GPT plug-ins, which quickly led others to develop something called Auto-GPT, with direct access to the Internet, the ability to write source code, and increased powers of automation. This may well have drastic and difficult to predict security consequences. What criminals are going to do here is to create counterfeit people. It's hard to even envision the consequences of that. We have built machines that are like bulls in a china shop, powerful, reckless, and difficult to control. We all more or less agree on the values we would like for our AI systems to honor. We want, for example, for our systems to be transparent, to protect our privacy, to be free of bias, and above all else, to be safe. But current systems are not in line with these values. Current systems are not transparent. They do not adequately protect our privacy, and they continue to perpetuate bias. And even their makers don't entirely understand how they work. Most of all, we cannot remotely guarantee that they're safe, and hope here is not enough. The big tech- Companies' company's preferred plan boils down to trust us. But why should we? The sums of money at stake are mind-boggling. Emissions drift. OpenAI's original mission statement proclaimed, our goal is to advance AI in the way that most, is most likely to benefit humanity as a whole, unconstrained <coughs> by a need to generate financial return. Seven years later, they're largely beholden to Microsoft, embroiled in part in an epic battle of search engines that routinely make things up. And that's forced Alphabet to rush out products and de-emphasize safety. Humanity has taken a back seat. AI is moving incredibly fast with lots of potential, but also lots of risks. We obviously need government involved, and we need the tech companies involved, both big and small. But we also need independent scientists, not just so that we scientists can have a voice, but so that we can participate directly in addressing the problems and evaluating solutions. And not just after products are released, but before, and I'm glad that Sam mentioned that. We need tight collaboration between independent scientists and governments in order to hold the company's feet to the fire. Allowing independent access to these system, independent scientists, allowing independent scientists access to these systems before they are widely released as part of a clinical trial like safety evaluation is a vital first step. Ultimately, we may need something like CERN, global, international and neutral, but focused on AI safety rather than high-energy physics. We have unprecedented opportunities here, but we are also facing a perfect storm of corporate irresponsibility, widespread deployment, lack of adequate regulation, and inherent unreliability. AI is among the most world-changing technologies ever, already changing things more rapidly than almost any technology in history. We acted too slowly with social media. Many unfortunate decisions got locked in with lasting consequence. The choices we make now will have lasting effects for decades, maybe even centuries. The very fact that we are here today in bipartisan fashion to discuss these matters gives me some hope. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
1: I'm not really chairman, but thank you, Professor Gary Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. And now, the apologies of the week.
0: We're so sorry.
1: The English water industry, it is private industry, used to be public uh, publicly owned, and they sold it off. The English water industry issued an unprecedented apology this week amid growing public anger over the increasingly widespread release of untreated sewage into waterways in England. Won't you come visit? Industry Body Water UK accepted that water companies were, quote, not acting quickly enough on sewage spills, unquote, and pledged to invest 12.4 billion American dollars over the next five years to upgrade pipes, capacity and treatment works. They claim this would represent the biggest modernization of sewers since the Victorian era, unquote. The apology follows more than 300,000 incidents of reported sewage dumping last year more than 1.8 million hours of waste pouring into rivers and along the coastline, usually in violation of UK law. Not all incidents of dumping are recorded, making the actual figures likely to be higher. Recent investigation by Britain's Channel 4 found that more than 1.5 million spills, 1,200 years' worth of raw sewage, has been dumped by water companies since 2016 alone. Won't you come visit? The scale of sewage dumping has increased dramatically over the past decade. A parliamentary report last year found not a single river in England was free from contamination and only 14% of rivers had a good ecological status. Numerous seaside resorts across England, such as Toa Bay in Devon, have been forced to discourage swimmers from entering the sea due to persistent sewage discharge. And a number of English rivers, including the River Lime in Lyme Regis and the River Debon in Suffolk, have been found to harbor levels of E. coli, which greatly exceed legal limits. The extensive discharge has led to English water quality being branded among the worst in Europe. The European Environment Agency found the UK had the worst water quality for bathing in the EU in 2020, the final year Britain was included in statistics before leaving the EU. English water quality stands in contrast to other parts of the UK, such as Wales and Scotland, which have both recorded record levels of good water quality over the last year. The mayor of a Missouri town has apologized for saying a local trash company is, quote, not trying to Jew anybody, unquote, at a recent public meeting. Writing in an open letter, the remark was, quote, not in keeping with the beliefs and values of the town. Stephen Wright, the mayor of Odessa, Missouri, made the remark at a meeting of the local board of aldermen Amid a discussion of changes to trash pickup in the town of 5500, on Wednesday, Wright posted an open letter on the city government's Facebook page addressed to our Jewish community and apologizing for the statement. Quote, those statements were not in keeping with the beliefs and values of the city of Odessa, Wright wrote, "...it was not in my intent to degrade or marginalize anyone or any group of people, nor to further any negative stereotypes based upon their heritage or belief." Odessa, located 30 miles east of Kansas City, "...does not appear to have any organized Jewish presence." Joe Spar, the co-publisher of a local paper, told the Jewish Telegraph Agency, quote, I've lived here my whole life. I haven't met one Jewish person, unquote. There's no Jewish community, said Spar. There's no Jewish church or anything around here, unquote. Deadline, Chester County, South Carolina, a bracelet that was meant to inspire fifth graders at a local elementary school ended up causing backlash for school administrators because of one of the words on it. The bracelets were inside gift bags that were given out at Great Falls Elementary School. They say, quote, be strong, be brave, be badass. It's that three-letter word at the end that caused some parents to raise an eyebrow. District leaders in the county told a local TV station that an administrator bought the bracelets on Amazon but didn't notice the bad language. The district has since apologized to parents and a spokesperson said they're taking steps to ensure the mistake doesn't happen again. Dayline Lexington, Kentucky, fan-duel television host Ken Rudolph apologized this week for his tweet that appeared to excuse equine deaths as part of a sport he compared to professional wrestling That's according to the Lexington Herald leader formerly known as TVG FanDuel TV is a sports betting oriented digital cable and satellite TV network that primarily airs live coverage of horse racing in the tweet Rudolph compared horse racing to WWE and reality shows quote horse racing just needs to stop pretending and just be what it is said Rudolph in a tweet. It's a great combo of WWE reality TV sports with a healthy dose of BS on the side. It's a great game. Cheating is a part of it. Death is part of it. Losing is a part of it. Winning makes it all worthwhile, After an outcry over the tweet, Rudolph apologized. Quote, Monday evening I made a mistake and used a very poor choice of words to make what I hope would be a compelling thought regarding horse racing I apologize to my colleagues in the industry for my lack of proper forethought I truly felt you all would have, have, would have the open dialogue with me I will find a better way in the future at no point am I advocating for or supporting horse fatalities I don't even know how that became a part of this Unquote. The founder of the Toronto Marathon, sorry, the Toronto Marathon, is apologizing to the event's participants and supporters for challenges they faced during the race earlier this month. Jay Glassman said event organizers received complaints about inadequate road closures and water stations, and about pandemonium at the finish line that made it difficult for some participants to collect their medals or food and beverages. Glassman says barriers were knocked down and pushed aside. Some people walked out with cases of water and food, which reduced what was available for other participants. Doesn't sound very Canadian to me. He says race organizers organizers are still investigating what happened during the event, collecting more information and reviewing finish line videos. He says the event team deeply apologizes to those who experienced challenges, says they'll create a plan to avoid such issues in the future, including installing more barriers and additional security. The Irish Times has apologized after publishing an opinion piece claiming that Irish women's obsession with fake tan is problematic. That uh, opinion piece was submitted by a hoaxer using Artificial intelligence. The piece was the second most read story on the Irish Times website after it was published on Thursday. It was removed on Friday on the basis that it, quote, may not have been genuine, unquote. The article, which provoked significant comment and controversy before its removal, was supposedly written by a woman named Adriana Acosta Cortez. She claimed to be a 29 year old Ecuadorian healthcare worker living in Dublin. Readers com- uh, complained that the image of Acosta Cortez was an AI generated image, and there were concerns that the article was also written by AI. The Irish Times has since confirmed that the article was submitted by a hoax account in a quote deliberate and coordinated deception. It was a breach of the trust between the Irish Times and its readers, and we are genuinely sorry. The incident has highlighted a gap. In our pre publication procedures, said the editor of the paper. Quote, we need to make them, those procedures, more robust, and we will. It has also underlined one of the challenges raised by AI for news organizations. We, like others, will learn and adapt, unquote. The now deleted article claimed Irish women's widespread use of fake tanning products amounted to cultural appropriation and was at odds with Ireland's, quote, progressive image, unquote. And they couldn't tell that that was fake? Dadeline Suva, Fiji, Fiji's Prime Minister, Sitiveni Rabuka, has apologized to the Indo-Fijian community for the coup of 1987, never too late, Department, Rubuka made the confession at the reconciliation service between the Methodist Church and the Gourmetias in Suva, held at the Vodafone Arena, and has asked for forgiveness. I admit our wrongdoings. You have every right to blame us for the difficulties you went through. He's talking to the uh, indo Fijian community. We do not blame you for being angry with us or even hate us. You are justified in your anger and your hate. I stand here to confess and to ask for your forgiveness. Tweeted the Prime Minister Rabuka. He admitted he had wronged the Kermitias' descendants and all Fijians in 1987 and said, I am not making this confession as the Prime Minister for Fiji because I do not hold the government accountable for my actions of 1987. I make this confession on my own behalf and on behalf of all those that took part with me in the military coup of May 1987. We confess our wrongdoings. We confess we have hurt so many of our people in Fiji. Unquote. Ethnic Indians were a majority in Fiji, until the aftermath of a military coup of that year forced tens of thousands of them to leave the country. Staged by Rabuka, it overthrew the elected government, who was the country's first ethnic Indian prime minister. The current president of Johnny and Associates, possibly Japan's Most Fearsome Talent Agency, that's the description in the trade paper variety, has formally apologized for sexual abuses allegedly committed by her uncle and agency founder, Johnny Kitagawa, against young male talents. Kitagawa died four years ago, but an expose aired by the BBC in March this year and personal testimony by a former talent of the agency, Okamoto Kanan, Kawan, at a Tokyo press conference last month, brought matters into the public eye. Okamoto alleged that Kirigawa had repeatedly abused him and other talents. Japanese media, which had maintained a general, if not universal, silence about Kirigawa's alleged abuses for decades, has recently been stirred up by the accusations. The president of the agency, Julie Fujishima Keiko, Said published in a, had published a video statement and posted it to the agency website. Quote, We sincerely apologize for the disappointment and anxiety this has caused. Unquote. She said the agency has been conducting its own investigation, consulting with lawyers and other experts, and studying countermeasures, including an anonymous hotline for reporting abuses and briefing sessions with minors and their guardians. If the accusations are true, We have to question even the existence of our agency, Fujishima said. I am simply ashamed of it and deeply regret it, she said. With the beginning of hurricane season less than two weeks away, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and its contractors are rushing to complete temporary repairs of a corrosion damaged pump at a key New Orleans site. Corps again pledged this week to have more than enough pumping capacity in place to handle the upcoming hurricane season, but it remains stumped on what caused the corrosion in the first place, and that investigation is continuing. Corps employees have delivered information about the installation of temporary pumps door to door to residents near the canal. In question, quote, we want to send out our apologies to the residents in the immediate area as we install and maintain these temporary pumps, said Colonel Cullen Jones, commander of the Corps' New Orleans district office. He says it's important to be on the side of caution rather than to not have this additional capacity, unquote. But they're stumped about the corrosion, an agency that's spent more than a century Dealing primarily with metallic objects and water. Star Memphis Grizzlies guard John Morant apologized uh, late Tuesday of this week after receiving days of backlash for a social media video that appeared to show him brandishing a gun in public for the second time in just over two months. I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me, Morant said in a statement. This is a journey, and I recognize there's more work to do. My words may not mean much right now. Oh, no, journey, always. But I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. The NBA commissioner said he was shocked by the video, which Morant's friend reportedly streamed live on Instagram. But Morant said he takes full accountability for my actions. And New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell said this week she apologized for her recent comment concerning a spate of violent incidents targeting women over the past month, five murders included. She remarked that what we have to understand is women also play a role in violent activity in our city. Asked to clarify, Cantrell stressed that cases weren't random. Some of the victims' families and friends took offense at those comments, saying they were hurtful and unfairly blamed victims. Cantrell said that her comments had been absolutely misconstrued and that she'd apologized directly to the families. She said the families had forgiven her. It was really just a respect thing and humbling myself just a little bit more relative to grieving families and how raw it is in those moments. It wasn't me walking anything back. She said her comment about women playing a role in violence was meant from an investigative standpoint, though she did not say how the comment linked to the cases. So my heart just remains very heavy, and I'm very sorry for that. Unquote, the mayor of New Orleans. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of the Show back next week, same time on these radio stations, and whenever you want it on your audio device of choice. And it'll be just like Donald Trump hiring some new lawyers. If you'd be with me then, would you? Already, thank you very much, Uh uh-huh, to the Show Chapeau, to the San Diego desk, to Pam Halstead, and to Thomas Walsh for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, you can write to me, I might read it, the uh, playlist of the music heard here on, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, and I mean chance. You pay the money, you get them. All and so much more at harryshearer.com. And I admit it, I'm still on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. Comes to you through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the Crescent City.